With her spontaneous traveling spirit, we always question how she's still alive. The world is her playground, and her office is anywhere with Wi-Fi. Mostly traveling solo, Sarah Angela is a digital entrepreneur who found the sweet spot of balancing both personal and professional passions. She's an example of reaching the best of both worlds without having to quit your day job. Welcome to the Just Trek podcast, where elevation is our recreation. This is your host, Justin Just Rock Ramon, coming to you from Los Angeles. On this show, you will hear stories and adventures from badass hikers, local explorers, to even dancers and artists. Join the Just Trek crew on our journey to True North. You can follow us on Instagram at just.trek, facebook.com slash official, and our website justtrek.net. Just Trek crew, what it do? This is your host, Just Rock. And on this episode, my special guest goes by the name Sarah Angela Nacario. She is an international explorer, digital entrepreneur, global trekker, and solo female traveler. On today's episode, we talk about her travel hacks, tips and advice when traveling solo, the kindness of the backpacking community, trusting the kindness of strangers, the challenges of being a female solo traveler, and how the journey of your actual growth starts when you get back home. Here's a conversation I hope you enjoy. What is going on? Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Oh, is this it? <laughs> that was great. Maybe we should just keep that. Should we? Of course. Okay. Yeah, let's just, let's just roll with it. <laughs> let's just roll with it. Oh, goodness. So this is cool because I think you're going to be the first uh, Canadian on the show. We're going international with this. Yay. How does Good. it feel? To be the first Canadian on your on Yeah, your you're repping your country. <laughs> Exciting. Um, no, but I, I just want to say, like, I'm extremely proud of you to start this podcast, but it's not surprising because I've always seen you as you're the type to be so energetic and easy to talk to. You're smart, business savvy, and very personable, which of course resulted to your own crazy experiences that earned you many, many interesting friends and connections. So I'm very honored that you asked me as your first Canadian to contribute to something that you're, you know, like super proud of. Um, so thanks so much for having me. Wow, that that just made my entire day. Like, oh, 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 this so is going to be a great show. I can, <laughs> I can feel it in my bones now. Thank you so Yay. much. That really meant a lot. Real talk. So you're from where exactly in Canada? Uh, Toronto. T dot Toronto T dot yeah home of uh, Drake. Do you even like Drake? I I don't. He's okay. Yeah. It's, He's uh, okay. It's funny because <laughs> I was like listening to that. There was like a new song that he dropped, and I was just like, "Oh, that's funny that I'm listening to this." And right before I'm about to interview you, I was like, mm -hmm. "From Toronto." Yeah, I'm not gonna go and talk about Drake. I don't know any of his references. Like so. Drake is just, yeah, no, yeah. not for I me. I feel you. Yeah, we'll just stop talking about it all together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm really curious, uh, like, how have you been, like, adjusting to life during this, like, COVID-19 pandemic over there in Toronto? Like, I imagine, obviously, we're going through, like, you know, 
similar things, but I'm wondering how strict it is over there. Like, how have you been adjusting to life over there? Um, I'm, I'm trying not to lose my marbles. I'm alone in my apartment. Uh, most people here are pretty obedient. We're not perfect, but most are following the quarantine rules. We have talks of slowly opening up the economy in three different st- in three different stages. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of tough. Like a lot of people are, you know, being kicked out of their homes, losing their businesses, um, struggling to pay for these sky high rents of Toronto. You know, with like very little or no revenue at all. So. I've been personally blessed because I have two jobs in digital marketing that haven't been negatively affected yet. But outside of me, there's still a lot of people um, struggling mentally, emotionally, domestically, physically. So I'm just hoping that we find a resolution with this disease very soon. Are you turning to anything for like a sense of like comfort or like a sense of normalcy? You know, maybe it's like an old cartoon show you're you're watching again or maybe it's like an old recipe or is there some old hobbies that you're going back to or or new ones that you're developing i'm curious about that um so i'm pretty shit when it comes to cooking so there's no recipe for me i think if uh, anything right. it's just, your instagram stories <laughs> it's just begging for people to drop food for me really um that's one thing <laughs> um i to be honest like i i have two jobs and i've just been so busy mm-hmm. so that's it. Like I have my nine to five. And then after that, I would go and do my second job. And the next thing I know, it's seven o'clock, eight o'clock PM. And I'm like, where did the time go? Um, It's Netflix. So Mm -hmm. I just go and watch my stupid Netflix show and read and then fall asleep. And the next day, it's the same thing. Which uh, (laughs) stupid Netflix show are you watching? I don't want to say, but you know. Gotcha. (laughs) No, no, no disclosure. <laughs> Just yeah, like I, I watch so many TV shows, um, but the best ones are the the trashy TV shows always because it just it's just background noise, right? And you don't have to like worry about thinking too much. True, true. It's my guilty pleasure. So I'm so excited to have you on the show. Like you are just a jet setting like avid traveler, and I want to know just like how did you get the travel bug? Like what sparked this? solo travel adventurer inside of you oh boy um it's just so funny because i was just thinking about that and you don't really think of these things until someone asks you um Mm -hmm. but i think i think it's just growing up with very strict asian parents (laughs) um you know like my dad for instance anyway like i am my father's daughter so my dad works as an airplane engineer so ever since he was 18 He's traveled to all these different countries all over the world um, and lived in Abu Dhabi for 12 years. So my mom, brother, and myself would always be on planes back and forth to Abu Dhabi because that's where he was at. So I think from the very beginning, I've been used to getting on planes, connecting flights, airports, and kind of saw my mother (laughs) handle, you know, um, stress when you're at the airport or... Um, when you're traveling with kids. So mm-hmm. I think um, that kind of prepared me for <laughs> what's to come. And then when I was 12, I would just have all of these online friends, their uh, coding pen pals, because that was the start of um, HTML and coding Gene pen Cities. pals. Yeah, Angel Fire. Do you remember Asian Avenue? 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> These are the Zanga, Zanga days, yes, MySpace Zanga. days, AOL, Live Instant Journal. Messenger. Yes, Napster, all of that. So, LimeWire. Well, <laughs> yes. So, um, I think around like 12 to like 13, 14 years old, like I was introduced to that online community of um, trusting <laughs> strangers and keeping that kind of connections despite distance, despite time zones, um, mm. and have that trust of, Oh, I have a friend there and whatever. And, you know, that was when I was 13. I'm 31 now. And, you know, I kid you not, like I've met some of these people when we were in our early 20s and kept in touch with them. So, um, so I think that again started the whole like curiosity of community and um, international um, friends and like knowing that there's a world out there, despite that I was very sheltered at home with my very strict parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the, you know, growing up um, and having money to travel, like being in digital marketing. Um, when I started going to South America, I was able to do that for eight months because I was doing remote working. But oh, you were a digital nomad. Sure. <laughs> but I didn't think that, that it was going to be eight months. I thought it was just going to be six weeks. And then that's, a, that's way different for sure. Yep. I, I so I traveled with a backpack and um, like a, a, a carry on luggage with wheels because I thought I'm going to be one of those cute um, travelers that would just be in Airbnbs or hostels or no, or hotels. And I would have my work with me and I would just work in cafes for six weeks. And I, I, I'll go back, look for a full time job in digital marketing where I um, start my life as you know like settling down and all of that which didn't happen because money kept coming in um from my company in canada with the expense of south america and that's that like i it opened up my my mind that i can travel the world and keep my daytime job and get the best of both worlds until i don't want it anymore (laughs) until i want to go back home On on your terms that's the powerful thing Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so six weeks kind of turned into eight months. Um, and (laughs) just just like casually six weeks turned into almost like pretty much a year. Yeah. And then, and then after that, um, I got a full-time job, but travel kept going. Like, um, I would, I wouldn't be at home for more than six weeks because I would travel either for myself or I would travel for work. So Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I, I guess I was just lucky by having the opportunity to still travel and still have, you know, two companies that, you know, my bosses just was just generous enough to um, give me the freedom to travel while I work. That's great. When was uh, this? So this South America from six weeks to eight months. What year was this again? This was 2018. Oh, so it was um, like just December of 2017 to August mm-hmm. of 2018. And that was like kind of like more of like the moment and realization like like I'm going to keep like jet setting all over the all, all over the world pretty much, right? Yeah, cuz I could. Um yeah. and that I was able to go and do both. Um So yeah. No, that's so. That's so. You've been doing living this kind of lifestyle, like for like I would say, what three years, three four years. Um, 
yeah, three or four years, I think. I feel like you've been just like from looking at all of your stuff, it looks like you've been doing this for like 15 years, 10 years. Like you have so much content. Like, yeah, you. I just wanted to mention or not uh-huh. mention, but uh, so you've been to 35 countries or how many? Um, I think it's between 35 and 40. I that stopped is counting. so Let's not remarkable. Count. Don't make me list. <laughs> uh, no, that'll take like a, a whole minute up. I've only been like to like five countries and it's just like the ones around me, like Canada, Mexico. Yeah, but you've Philippines. seen a lot of beautiful places though. Like, and and that's sure. the thing at the end of the day, it's not so much as how many numbers, number of countries you've seen. Because a lot of people would say, oh yeah, I've been to 35, 40. But then mm-hmm. it's like 10 countries are from like cruises and they've seen the, the country in like six hours. Does that count? This is very true. <laughs> It's it's how you specifically experienced, you know, that city, yeah. a country, what really matters, right? Yeah. And it's not to say like this one is, a, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be or that way. It, it doesn't. I think it's just saying like numbers don't really mean anything, right? Because you can be very well-traveled within mm-hmm. your own country versus someone who just, yeah, they have like 10 countries, but what are they doing in that country? I don't know, right? Yeah, true. Um, exactly. What are you really doing? You've been to, I just want to, I do want to list some of these things out. So you've been to like Spain, right? Argentina, Iceland, like what else? Like, I just want you to name like so the listeners really understand your grasp. (laughs) (laughs) Just name, just name like 10 off the top. Oh, okay. Um, Well, I've been to Abu Dhabi because my my dad's from there. Mm -hmm. Um, Been to Myanmar, Burma. Thanks to Anthony Bourdain um, for opening that whole new world for me. Um, Taiwan, um, Malaysia, eight countries in South America, the Caribbeans. I just came back from Cayman Islands, like just before the COVID thing happened. Iceland, Southern Europe. Yeah. You're just like tripping out, huh? Just like saying them out loud. Yeah. You like went to like Brazil, Uruguay, Peru. I was like, whoa. Uh Uh-huh. You always have the best travel Instagram stories and like gorgeous travel photos. I like some of the photos that I've seen, like some of them just look like art and like it evokes like emotion. I'm like, that's what's up, Sarah. Like she gets it. Like you have a really good aesthetic and eye, I noticed. Um, it's artsy fartsy is what I call it, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Artsy fartsy farts <laughs> or hipster, right? No, Sometimes I'm not that hipster. That. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. The word hipster is like, it's like the original term for like people who like art. So I, I really didn't like when it started being used in like a kind of like a negative way, you know, mm-hmm. like a hipster, somebody's into art, like at the core of it. So, yeah. But funny that you said that about um, like Instagram. I find for myself when I was thinking of um, like notes on like what to like how to answer like some of the points for this podcast, I kind of realized Mm -hmm. I'm like, I never actually had someone ask me in detail, like questions about my travels and maybe Mm, they have, but I would shut it down. I'd be like, Oh, you know, I have Instagram. So just check that out. Cause there's videos there. There's, there's photos. It's easier for me to go and show it to you than me. Like tell you. Yeah. It's like just reference what I put up. Exactly. It's like your portfolio. Yeah, so I think that's why I was a little bit nervous because I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm so bad with names sometimes or just like in the moment, if you were to ask me something, I, mm-hmm. I forget 
because I don't really talk about it. Um, you inter- so, you just keep it in- internalized. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer any of your questions, but we'll see. Well, it doesn't matter. We're just going to roll with it and have a good time. We can do that, right? <laughs> yes, always. Always, always. All right, let's get into some uh, some things I really want to dig deeper with you on. Like you are a solo to me. Like you are a solo travel, like extraordinaire, solo female travel. And I know that you've mentioned before, like the way you kind of go about things is a bit un- unconventional, right? As well, like the way um, you travel. Just on my own terms, I guess. I don't know if that's unconventional or conventional. I just kind of do what I feel like doing. Yeah, like gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, I wanted to ask you, people, like, which is mostly what people won't do. Maybe that's 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 why it sounds unconventional. Oh, I see what you're. I see what you're trying to say. Just the way you kind of go about things, and maybe like you exploring something a little further than you should, or something like that, right? Or going about something in a certain way. Sure. Um, from your perspective, like you've done so much solo travel all over the world, like what's like your advice when like traveling solo, and how to like properly gauge like encounters with strangers? Like, I'm really want to dig dig into that a bit. Um. It's hard for me to give advice because sometimes I feel like it becomes second nature to me that what I'm doing is something that someone else wouldn't be wouldn't be thinking, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, maybe there are things that I'm doing that helps me as a solo traveler, but I just wouldn't list it because I don't I wouldn't think that it's important. Yeah. But you know, like there are minor things that maybe people don't really mention because again, it becomes uncalculated or unconscious. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the main things, especially being solo female petite traveler is um, always looking confident. Like for me, I I never look at a map or my phone when I'm walking around. Uh. If I'm confused, yeah, if I'm confused where I am, I go inside a bank or a store with a security guard. And that's where I check my map. Or I go to church <laughs> and I hang out there. Um, when I'm uncomfortable at an area, I make sure I don't have wandering eyes. So I'd rather not know where I'm walking, but just walk with a purpose always. And until I find a bank or a store where I can go inside and check my map. I and love this. This is like, you're, you're just owning it. Really? I mean, I think they're minor things. I don't know. And then sometimes if I feel like really looking around because I'm in awe, I would always wear sunglasses. So I'm not trying to give anything away that I look like a tourist or that I'm, oh, this girl is, you know, I don't know where she, who, who is she with? Like she's alone. Like I, I try not to give that away. So one of the main things as well um, is for me, it comes down to also just connecting with the locals mm-hmm. because when you're alone i find anyway from my personal experience that they'll be the one to help you out in need so i start conversations really get to know people but most importantly for me is being courteous to every single person that that i that i see because in my head they're going to remember me and i never know that they could be the one to take care of me 
in a you know a, a sticky situation. This is this is so true. I just want to mention real quick because it's like yeah. by you connecting with these locals and especially in the area that you're staying, it's almost like you're you're subconsciously creating this like security blanket, right? In case like like Always. something something weird happens or a precarious situation comes up like yeah that's that's really good stuff yeah and you know let's say an example was in cartagena the vendors that i started hanging out with um i was talking to them the other day about digital marketing um they're the ones that had to call the police <laughs> when oh, they wow. saw me being sandwiched by these two strange vendors who thought i was alone they wanted my money, they wanted my backpack, and they were gripping my arms and they left bruises. And it was oh, saved no by- Oh, no way, really? Yeah, wow. it was saved by like the local vendor who I started the converse, conversation with the other day. So it's you know having conversations and genuinely listening to other people's stories, for me, not only to create deep experiences for myself, but you know it's- it, also saved my life or assisted me in getting out of sticky situations always. Um, when you ask about properly gauging strangers uh, <laughs> and people ask me all the time, cause mm-hmm. um, when, when they hear that I'm hitchhiking, it's like, how do you know? Uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you don't, right? Yeah. I like, don't. It's just, um, I, you know, I like, I can only speak for myself and I always think that it's by luck. So you just need to encounter that one person that would want to harm you or ruin a situation. Um, and it might not be because you put yourself in that situation. And I hate it when people say, well, Sarah, like you got mugged because you put, your, you put yourself in that situation. I'm like, mm, not really. Um, you know, it's not because you were asking for it or that you look like a tourist or that you're a girl sure. and you shouldn't be where you were. You know, of course, you try to avoid certain things, but it really does come down to luck sometimes because there's no guarantees that if you were to follow a set of formula that X and Y consequences should not happen to you, you know, very true. and I'm not saying to not think things through because whatever happens happens. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying though, is that um, like those things in your head shouldn't really stop you from exploring what is beyond. Cause it, yeah. Was that- That's really great stuff. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, when I'm gauging if I can trust a stranger, you know, whether it's hitchhiking in Hawaii or Cayman Islands um, or being stuck in like a mixed dorm room hostel with just one guy or two guys or accepting a stranger's offer to let you stay at their place, you know, like you're just, you just have to go and trust that it's going to be okay. Um, for me, it really comes down to what is my gut saying and how comfortable I am about the situation? Um, do I have an exit strategy if things turn sour? Do I have the proper tools to get me out of a situation? Whether that's making sure that I have a working phone or a map or that I can you know, easily open the door of the car and jump out. <laughs> Yeah, like you're very hyper aware of those. Uh, these exactly, days. and I can't explain my reasonings, and people might think it's because I don't have any or don't think things through. Um, 
I disagree. I think it's I think- because you've thought things through is which allows you to, you know, do the things that you've been doing, like hitchhiking and exploring certain areas in my, from my perspective, what I'm getting. Right. Um, and I think it's also just from experience and unsaid personal experience that I've learned to trust myself and my instincts, that I am smart enough to choose to get into these situations, knowing that I'll either be okay or that I have an exit strategy. And it's also just coming down to trusting the kindness of strangers and also just having a different perspective about humans, that with every one crazy person or one harmful person, there are always at least 50 people that are good and that will support you and will assist you or that will give you a feel-good experience to make you remember that kindness do exist. And just to keep going as long as you're smart and confident and open to the world. I love how everything kind of goes full circle to the first thing you said about like having confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just... That just tripped me out right now. I was like, yeah, what exactly what you just been explaining. Like it all circles back to the very the first thing you said, going around with confidence and owning it. And I agree. And people are like, well, what if I don't have the confidence? What if I don't like talking to people? What am what if I'm shy? Like I can't do solo travel. Mm-hmm. And I've met so many people where they told me that they're introverts or that they didn't know what they were doing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um But what's great about this is that you learn those things when you actually decided to show up, (laughs) right? Yes, that's yes, you're absolutely right. That's what it is. I wasn't like this in the very beginning. I and I just remembered like how I met you. I remember when I was like younger, I was so shy. Like no one, like you're you're not who you are now. (laughs) Um I don't really know where I'm getting with this. <laughs> I just edit that. Wait, wait, you you did mention something that I wanted to touch upon quickly. We met through Stephen and Comienda back in our childhood days, right? Yes, yeah. Kuya Steve. Well, he's not my Kuya. <laughs> he's your Kuya. Oh man, yeah. I miss you, brother. If you hear this uh, podcast, uh, definitely need to meet the kiddo as well. And shout outs to Lonnie, his lovely wife. Yeah. Now you have um, two kids to teach how to be boy. <laughs> oh, that's true. Steve knows how to b-boy. <laughs> He'll teach them some footwork and uh, knee slides and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was so long ago, wasn't it? That was like, I don't even I don't even know. This was like probably like, what, 20 years ago? 25 years ago? Oh my God. Are we that old, I guess? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, no. That, that was 25 <laughs> years ago. Jeez. Giving away my age. I don't know. <laughs> what are we, I don't even, where, where did we leave off on before we started talking about Steve? Um, no, just like the boat traveling solo and properly yeah, aging yeah. strangers. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. That was some really powerful stuff and like it, it's coming from your experience. So, and you've been to quite a lot of places. <laughs> what are like the best and worst parts of solo travel? Would you say from, from your experience? Um, The best parts of solo travel, number one, is being alone. Um, You get to really know who you are without the company of others but yourself. 
And you get to go and see how much of a hoot you are if you're just on your own. Um, you're marching on your own beat and you don't care um, you, you, you don't care about people's timelines because you have your own and, and that's really it. Uh, you get to meet more people because you're more open. Personally true. for me. Very true. Yeah, personally for me, like I find people take care of me more when they find out that I'm alone. So that's one of the best parts. Interesting. Uh-huh. Um, the worst parts is you're alone. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So it, 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 it can get lonely, especially in the end. You know, when that freedom kind of like wears off um, and you get into a sticky situation and you have no one to really um, go to. No one's like hugging you to console you. Yeah, just a human touch interaction. Yeah, who like who know like who knows you knows you, you know, because you're you're always gonna be surrounded with people. If you if you if you want to be, you're always gonna find friends um and like hostels or you know, whatever travel. But you know, when you're in front of like a landmark and you just want to share it with people that you care about but they're not there, um, I think sometimes that can get lonely. Um, mm, like yeah. in Cotopaxi in Ecuador, I was in this like middle of nowhere and it was just, uh, it was it, just looking up, it was just a blanket of stars. And I've never seen so many shooting stars in that one hour. Oh, that's incredible. And I was sharing this moment with maybe three or four people. The romantic part of it is that, you know, looking back, you know that someone out there experienced the same moment with me. Mm -hmm. But the realistic part is that I'll never meet that person again to sit down and reminisce that night together. You know? And then there's like the little things like going to the bathroom at a bus terminal. When I'm all alone. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, it's hard. <laughs> Sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And usually the bathrooms, the baños are very small. The baño. Yeah. So, you know, think of like, well, you're going to have to somehow make sure that that all of your stuff is inside the stall, right? Because you can't leave it outside. You don't know who's going to take it. Or there oh, are also that's some. that's correct. Yeah. yeah. And then there are some, too, that they stop. They, they, they don't allow your backpack inside the bathroom. So there are many times where I'm like, well, fuck, I got to go and hold it in. It's like little things like that. Oh, or, yeah, that those little things are a lot, though. It's yeah, like, and I mean, it's easy for you guys, right? Guys can just be like, all right, I'll just go to the uh, bathroom. We just do I'll our say. thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I sprained my ankle in the very beginning in Bolivia. So that, like, that stuff, too. It's like spraining my ankle, carrying my stuff on my own. The, it was it was pretty hard, like even the little things, um, and then stuff like being on a twenty five to thirty hour bus rides on your own. Wait, twenty five to thirty hour bus ride? Yes, and you where, can't where, fall asleep. Where was sometimes. this? When was this? I've taken a lot. Um, uh, it was from north to like the south of Chile, the coast of Chile. I've done Lima, Peru to Guayaquil, Ecuador. Um, from Foste Iguazu 
which is like the tip of Argentina, like kind of like north of Argentina, all the way to to uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, um, from Bariloche, which is the north of Patagonia, to Buenos Aires, and most of the most of them were okay, but when you're in these like sketchy bus rides say in Bolivia that are people are coming and going because they're like local buses and there's really no sense of security for your luggage you always have to make sure that for me anyway like I'm sitting at the side of where the luggage is coming in and out so when it stops I have to make sure no one's taking my fucking luggage <laughs> like small stuff like that or in Ecuador when um and this is why like you talk to locals because they'll give you tips and apparently in Ecuador um there's there were a lot of um uh like host not hostage but when you're doing the overnight buses they'll stop in the middle of the of they'll like someone will come in in the middle of the night and rob the whole bus or something like that oh, or God. or you're not allowed to put your backpack underneath your your seats even in front of you because someone like a little child will go through underneath and either take it or slash your bag and, and take your belongings so you're oh they have I, a whole system yeah so you have to like learn to put it on top of your lap and and kind of like sleep like that or you know and it's it's hard to do that when you're alone little things yeah and just like the anxieties of that like you have to be like aware like almost like the entire time and you can't like just relax and Take a yeah. disco nap, you know? Sure. And and plus also just being a female solo traveler too, like that's another level, right? So yeah, it can get kind of tiring. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you do it. I'm it's you a are a trooper. A lot of people do it. There's actually it's yeah. you'll be surprised. A lot of people are like, oh like, you know, like how is it to do like being a female solo traveling? Like, there's a lot of us. There's actually a lot of us. Yeah, it's a big tribe. For mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So Sarah, you have done much international hiking and I definitely was drawn to a lot of like that content that you're always posting, you know, on your Instagram. Cause you know, I've been on my outdoor hiking journey the past three years. So I was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, wow, Sarah's like going, she is out there. She is literally internationally exploring like these trails and mountains and like some of the most like epic shots I've ever seen. And okay, hold I, on. Have you seen your stuff? I always look at your stuff and I'm like, holy crap. Like the really? things that you've done, I'm like, I wish I can go and do that. You've done you amazing, like a lot of amazing hikes in such a short amount of time. Cause you only really started doing these like crazy hikes since last summer. Yeah. Like I would say. I started becoming like a more of a hardcore peak bagger probably by like end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Mm -hmm. And what was and the just, hike with the, with the ropes and it's like super steep and you had like the chains or the rope or whatever and you're just climbing up and it was just like oh. a white rock. Was that in Yosemite? Yeah. So that was Half Dome in Yosemite National Park. And that's the, uh, that's the real life North Face logo. Mm -hmm. And that it's was the bad. most... Yeah, it was crazy. It was it's the most iconic landmark in Yosemite and the last the last 500 feet to get to the summit, it's this uh, section called the Half Dome Cables and you're literally like it is so wild because you have to pull yourself up these this super steep like climb, right? That's why the cables are up there 
And the incline, are li- it's literally like anywhere from 45 degrees to 55 degrees and up. And it's granite. So granite is already super slippery when dry, right? Mm-hmm. So if, it, if there's even like a mist or like rain, you do not go up it. It is treacherous. Like what's, I'm going to mention real quick, four days prior to our summit of Half Dome, a woman died down the cables. She fell down to her death. It was, it was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, it gave I, me uh, <laughs> much anxiety now that yeah. I'm thinking about it. Like I've done hiking, but not to that extent. Like you're, you're a beast. Thank you. That that means a lot. Like I just, I just been. No, I'm nothing compared to you. Like <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're very inspirational with that. Like I'm, I'm just like, these are things that I should start doing. Like you know, like you think, oh yeah, you know, like outdoors, da da da. But then you meet someone who, who's doing bigger things that just push you or motivate you to do more. I mean, Whatever. all of our outdoor experiences and hiking experiences are valid in their own right, though. You know, like when I look at your content, it inspires me to get more out of my comfort zone. And it's also not, it's not always about bagging the tallest, the hardest, most challenging peaks. It's about also finding beauty in all the hikes that I do, whether it's a scenic one, or maybe it's not a super long one, but it's just like, you go a mile in and you see the most gorgeous like mountain face or like lake or just, I don't know, like an animal in the forest. Like, like I feel like you've been in so many different like landscapes and terrains and I'm just like, whoa, like it looks like, it looks like a painting, a lot of your photos. And so actually what I wanted to know is, can you share some of your absolute favorite hikes that you've done? Like whether it's in your hometown or I'm more curious about like internationally, especially. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I'm not the one to do checklists of, you know, these are the famous land, like landmarks. I got to go and see them. I think got it, especially, got it. yeah, especially with South America, I kind of stopped doing that. It's kind of like off the beaten path was better. Um, but I think the one uh, most favorite hike, that meant a lot to me for a lot of personal reason was Rainbow Mountains in the Andes of uh, Peru, Montaña de Colores. Um, it's, oh, wow. It's, um, it was in the very beginning of my travel. So I, again, I did not think I was going to hike. I wasn't really a big hiker before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of opened up a whole possibility of, um, of the type of travel that I wanted to go and do. But the most fun part was that I decided to do this rainbow mountain hike that is very steep, elevation up to like 17,000 feet. Um, it's 17,000 feet? That's the, that's, the, that's the summit? Yes. Well, not really the summit, but like, sure, yeah. Um, I decided to do this at 3 o'clock in the morning, drunk. <laughs> <laughs> What a, and, what a great idea. Yeah. And um, and they were like, yeah, there's going to be a van that can pick you up at 5.30 a.m. And I was like, okay, yeah, screw it. Go. Let's, let's do it. Um, so, yeah. How long was this hike? Do you remember the mileage um, more or less? So getting to the place first is like winding roads. And it was probably like three hours away from um, the – where was I? Um, from like the town. I'm so bad with names. Um, and then it's just, it's two hours hike up. But the okay, thing that's is, solid. Yeah. right. I mean, it's not so much as the distance. It's really, it's very steep and it's 
the the elevation freaking kills you. Yeah, steepness and elevation and, you know, game plays a huge part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think a big part of why I loved it, and I've said it before, is that sometimes numbers don't really mean anything, right? Because it's like, well, how? What is the distance? How far did? You, and it's like, well, yeah, I can tell you the distance, but you know, it, you need to go and figure out the other factors as to why it was tough. Yeah. Um, but it was just so scenic, like looking, like you, you look back, you know, after taking three steps and you're like, oh, I can't breathe anymore. And you stop and you look back to your journey and you see all the pinks from the red clay and the combination of the sun and clouds hitting it and the earthy greens and browns and the turquoise and the mustard yellow and like the you know, like the people are just like slowly like walking in and just. Yeah, they look like ants. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like that one. And most of the other hikes are the best ones are the off the beaten paths. Like there's the south of Bolivia, north of Argentina is beautiful, like in Salta and Jujuy. Um, north to uh, the north tip of Patagonia, which is Castro in Chile. Bariloche in Argentina was amazing. And all of these I did when I was I had my ankle sprained. So, oh really? Yeah, so stupid, and that's why I had my I had a swollen ankle for like four months. But anyway, yeah, but it's like you know those experiences are kind of like you're like it was worth it, yeah, even like, though it sucked at the time. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm gonna you're using like a branch at one point probably yeah. a hiking stick. Yeah. How about you? What's your abs like your one favorite hike? Hands down, Mount Whitney, which is yeah. the tallest mountain in the continental United States. It's mm -hmm. like 14,508 feet. It was just the most, and this is in California, everybody. It was just the most intense and hmm, might be one of the most beautiful days of my life, for sure. Nice. And it was just because it's 22 miles long. So that's already like the physical feet of it is already a lot you know, and very intense because we did it as a day hike. And just to put this into perspective, it shouldn't have taken this long, but I was hiking on the mountain for 22.5 hours. <laughs> like that is unheard of, you know what I mean? As a day hike, but it's because somebody got injured in our group and actually got helicoptered out, which is a whole nother episode of my podcast. So definitely be on the lookout for that. That was but your second episode, for sure. right? No, that was Half Dome. That was with uh, Linda Dawn. Um, but Mount Whitney was just, it was also like the, t the, the time of the year that we went. There was a beautiful contrast between like the snow and the dryness of Mount Whitney. And it's just, it's such a dramatic surroundings. Like, and there's many sections to it that you're just like in awe. Like you're just j jaw drops, like meadows, streams falling down, like the rocks and the steps and just like, like lakes, like it got, it got so much stuff. And I'll never forget that day. It was what it was, uh, July, 2019. That was, I've done some really crazy hikes, like a half dome. And that was just as epic, but like Mount Whitney takes the cake for sure. No, I remember following your Instagram at one point. And I'm like, is he going to make it? And it was, it was great. Cause I was like, holy shit. Like you, yeah, it was just, you're, you're just a beast. And then like the it food was, that you guys yeah. all ate after. I'm like, yep. <laughs> 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 I 
I ate the the largest pancake I've ever seen in my entire life. It's at the ma- so at the at the trailhead, right? It's like this this Mount Whitney portal store. Mm-hmm. They have this pancake that's literally the diameter is probably two feet, like two feet wide. Like I was just I stuffed my face so hard of with pancakes. So how many like calories passed out did you guys? How many calories did you guys burn from hiking on that day? Do you remember? Oh, I can take a guess. I ha- actually have it in my all trail stats. I think I burned like six thousand. It was at the minimum like no, I can burn like four thousand calories probably, three thousand or something like that at the minimum. Yeah, because you know, hiking is like a slow grind, mm-hmm. and you're burning so much calories. Because think about this, I'm I'm carrying like a thirty five pound to forty pound pack, right? So that in itself is like. I'm carrying a lot of weight as I'm going up these like elevation, you know, like I think the elevation gain is like 5,000, which is a lot. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that was for sure. uh, Hands down my favorite. So I want to get into, you've done a lot of traveling, solo traveling, especially can you provide some uh, travel hacks or tips for like, I want to say budget conscious explorers like i i remember seeing like i think you did a whole like instagram story thing maybe a few months ago about like because a lot of people were messaging you like yo how are you doing this lifestyle like mm-hmm. like what's that what are, what is what are you doing sarah like can you provide like uh, the listeners with like from your experience and perspective like some useful tips and hacks for budget conscious uh explorers um i, I mean i try i think Um, like for instance, Iceland, which is one of the most expensive places. Um, it's when I went there, I packed a full suitcase of food. (laughs) So it's like little things like that, or going to Cayman Islands, which is one of the most expensive places, um, in the Caribbeans. And what I mean by that is, you know, you go there and the, a room, uh, at an Airbnb will be at least at least 150 to 200 US a night. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a burger and uh, a beer will be like $40 US. Like it's, it was very expensive. What? But Cayman <laughs> Islands, Lord. yeah. And or like a 20 minute taxi was 50, 55 US. Okay. One of the most expensive places ever it's not built for backpackers and that ended up being the cheapest (laughs) cheapest travel trip for me um it was because i had a family well parents um never met before who invite uh, who offered their accommodations for me so for the five nights that i was there and they were able to um, drive me sometimes and mm-hmm. they would like make me breakfast. So that cut a lot of the cost. I hitchhiked a lot in that place. Um, You're and a professional hitchhiker for sure. I'm, oh God, I'm not. But then, and then those people would just give me a tour around the island. You know, it, I think it's just learning, learning the art of hitchhiking <laughs> and Again, just trusting your networks to um, give you the opportunity to see if there's, you know, ways to 
to to get discounted accommodations or free accommodations. There's a lot of that, right? There's um, there's couch surfing, or just even doing like hostels as well. A lot of people have this stigma of like, oh, but I don't want to stay in a hostel. There's beautiful hostels that are like super cheap. Yeah, there's really nice hostels, actually. Yeah, that's a big misperception for yeah. sure. Yeah, and again, it's just being open-minded to that because you end up getting the most out of something. Um, from like, I remember I was in Valladolid in Mexico, and I paid fifteen dollars a night for a hostel bed. And when I went there, no one was there, so I had their whole room to myself, and there was a pool. So I had the whole pool to myself. It looked like a freaking like a mansion. private Airbnb. Yeah, by myself. So again, it's just being open minded, and the best the best rewards come from unexpected places. Um, and it goes back to you know making genuine connections with people, even tourists and backpackers. Sometimes they would end up offering their plays or you know, giving a tour whenever you visit them in their home country, which happened a lot. Um, I've met a lot of backpackers in South America that I ended up meeting in Germany. You know, there's mm -hmm. Frankfurt, Hamburg, uh, Berlin. And because I met them in South America, even for two or three days, they're like, Sarah, whenever you come to Germany, like, you know, like, um, you'll have a place to stay. And they're not kidding because I went. <laughs> and then they, You're they like, I'm going to take you up real yeah. quick on that offer. Um, or or the Brazilian, um, like Stephanie that I met in, in Chile. And she's like, I wasn't thinking of going to Brazil. But she's like, Sarah, you got to go to Brazil. Like, I'll, I'll show you around, da, da, da. And she did. Um, so there's a lot of that where you make genuine connections even outside. But then they end up being the locals of their home countries when you go and visit. So it elevates your experience as well. Um, true. Very right? true. And of course, with all of these things, you just kind of pay it forward somehow. Right? Um, it's not just about, okay, like I'm getting free stuff. Um, it's, it's yeah, just how can about you, uh, paying How can forward. you contribute some kind of exchanger value, right? Yeah. Um, and also, a really big thing that helped me a lot is using my digital marketing knowledge to to exchange that skill for accommodations and hostels or small businesses. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's that. <laughs> no, that was good. That was great. Are there any specific strangers you encountered that uh, transformed your life or perception of it? Um, I think just the community of backpackers, like I said before, uh, meeting these people and then being able to reunite with them in their home countries. And, or even to this day, like, you know, the connections that you've made even for two or three days, after two or three years, you're still connected, you're still connected with them on like Instagram or whatever. And they still remember that, you know, like that party night that you, that you experienced <laughs> that moment. together. Yeah. Or like that hike that you, that you experience. Yes. And as a whole, it's, you know, social media is a powerful thing if you let it. Um, it's such a powerful tool. That's why it was, you know, like everything, it's a, you know, there's pros and cons, but if you're not to utilize the tool, man, it can just open up your world. Like and exactly. you can have these connections and experiences that you would never have dreamed of. For sure. No, I agree. Um, so yeah, just like the community of backpackers and just like the, like just having 
and like and you know this because you started your own your own um just track hiking club it's just being around people on the same wavelength as you in whatever area that is um and so you're doing something for yourself but you're also doing it with people that understand like why you're doing certain things you know and you don't have to worry about fitting in or and you're just kind of motivating each other and whatever that is um i don't really know where i'm going on it but um yeah i think just the community of people that's it like gotcha you touched upon uh dancing and partying like you definitely have you definitely um know how to find a good dance party and i I and don't. I love. I always loved that because I'm a dancer. I have a dance background myself, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yes, Sarah knows how to properly, <laughs> you know, like d- oh, dive God. into like these events or the for the music. And I'm like, it gets it got me so excited when I would see you go to these different like these different like live bands and like some. I think it was a lot of the like the Latin music clubs. Like I was like, yes, she's living her life. <laughs> I think most of the time it's just creating your own party yeah true creating your own dance party (laughs) in the corner yeah 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 sarah can you um can you provide more travel hacks for uh budget conscious travelers yeah um there's um the art of packing just carry-on bags and learning to not overpack um i think it's best to you know buying let's say one item that can be styled in different ways. A lot of people are like, Sarah, how did you do eight months in just a backpack and a carry-on luggage? Um, By the way, you have really dope style. Just oh, wanted to say that. Stop. <laughs> Thanks. You are a fashionista. Uh, I see you. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's just art of layering, right? So you can have a sc- uh, like a, a scarf that can be like. A, a skirt <laughs> um, or like a top. <laughs> um, and I use a lot of like those vacuum Ziploc to really like maximize my space. Have you ever used those? I know what you're talking yeah. about. You sound What's like a backpacker for <laughs> sure. And it's just like washing your clothes every week. Um, I think when it comes to carry on bags Um and then when it comes to tours, usually I don't pay for it. I would go look at a tour and kind of mimic it on my own. I find my own transportation. And if I don't need to pay a guide to do it, I just go and do it on my own. Unless they're independent and we'll get the money 100%, then um, like, then I'll, I'll get a guide. Um, and there's also just taking overnight buses instead of paying for hostels. And like I said before, that's how I did my 25 to 30 hour bus rides. Um, so it's like, like you, instead of paying for, for a hostel for just for a night, then you're able to not only save the money, but it's also the best way to look at a country on like as a road trip. You know? Yes, road tripping. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's it. That's I like that that uh that tip about the overnight bus ride mm-hmm. for sure. It's like you're you're just sightseeing like yeah inside of a a vehicle exactly. So Sarah, you what were your thoughts on your first LA trip? That's when we actually got to hang out and I got to learn more about you. And I think that was like your 
that was was that your second time you had been to LA or first time? Second time, yeah. The first time didn't really. I was with my parents the first time around, so it was a different. It was a different trip. Yeah, I think when you the first time you were here, we were we were in contact, and I was like, "Yo, so where are you staying?" And you like definitely said this city, and I had no clue where it was. <laughs> it was, like, ah, yes. it was like two hours away from me or something. I was like, I um, "I'm not familiar, actually." I remember because you know what? That was when Uber wasn't even a thing for me anyway. So you're like, oh, just take an Uber oh, ride. That's right. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> like, what is this Uber thing? Yeah. Times has changed, man. That is so true. Yeah. Like, when was this? This was like, is this two years ago? Like when, uh, what the, the most recent trip that you did when I saw you? No, this was last year. Oh, it was last, last year? Oh, geez. 2019. This was a week before you did your your hike, your big hike. Oh, the Mount Whitney? Uh-huh. So that was June. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Definitely had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like your first full LA trip, I remembered we, uh, like, what did you think when we did that LA hike club experience in Griffith Park? Like, I was like, come on, Sarah, like, you should tag along. I met this really dope group. It's called LA Hike Club and Outdoor Voices. And you were you were interested, but you were kind of like, you had some work stuff and also like some, I think you had to do a bunch of errands that day or something like that. Like, yeah. how did you like that experience of like joining like a hike club with myself and uh, uh, my good friend, Luis Arevalo? Shout outs to him. Luis. I, I just remember that was a Saturday. And I remembered... Um, Thursday night is when we went out. And it, that was the night of um, the Raptors actually winning the NBA championship, right? Oh, yeah, let's go back together. to that. That was epic. Yeah. That was epic. That day was a 22-hour day for me because I, <laughs> I, I had work, which we had an event at the Google office. And then I also had to like transfer from, like, a ho- from my work hotel to like another hotel. And then I had to go meet up with you. And then we had a full night of just like jumping from like bars to bars to bars until I don't even know, two or three o'clock in the morning. That Yeah, we um and I had like I started that day at like five thirty in the morning. I just remembered it was like a long day. But it was it was a real it was I I was really happy. I was like, yeah. And I've always said that um like when I told my friends about LA, I'm like you for me like how i see you is it's like the the best type of person to be friends with and when you're visiting a place like la because you know like you have your connections like you're very well connected like you were taking me to like vip tour of these like speak easy clubs <laughs> <laughs> i got like, you yeah for sure. and like great la la rooftops and you just know, like, like the good music. And it, it, I was so happy. That's the key. That yeah. is the key. And then you were like, you like the bouncy music. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't even realize that. Like, I, I like that. Like, that Thursday night was so much fun. Um, and then the Saturday when we, when we went to the uh, hike, the hiking thing, I was a little unsure because, um, so when I, like, run or hike, even to this day, like, I love going solo. You know, even if I do it with a group when I was in South America, I always say, look, like go on without me and I'm going to do my own hike with my own pace and kind of like have it like a sacred thing, blah, whatever. Um, But LA, I had a different mindset. And so I actually enjoyed the social aspect of it. 
um, it was really fun. It was so much fun. And then when we went out on that Saturday night as well, and you were taking me to these different types of clubs, it was really fun as well. But I was just like, my energy and your energy together is just it's dangerous. crazy high. I was defeated. I was, you kept going. And I remember it was, you saved the best for last, which I was like, oh, why did you save the best for last? Because I was burnt oh, no. out. I was burnt out, but I'm like, fuck, like the music was so good. But I Yo, shout like, outs to, uh, I, I think well, I remember like a this DJ moment. maple butter sauce or something. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Oh my God. My face hurts. <laughs> maple butter. It was good music. Uh, um, yes. Shout outs to my good friend. Uh, his name is DJ Maple Syrup or Cassidy. There you go. <laughs> when he hears this, this is, this is going to be great. Maple yeah. butter syrup. If please send me his podcast or his like SoundCloud, like Spotify, something like that was really good music. Oh, he's like one of my favorite. Uh, we call them open format DJs. They play everything from like soul, funk, Latin music, hip hop, house music, you name it. Like yeah. he is so good at just the, blending the genres together yes. and just making sure everybody is party rocking and just dancing their faces off. Yeah. I really wish we went there. Like I, I wish that was the only place we went to from like the, the start to finish. That was, I really like that club and I'm like, man, but I was just so tired. Yeah. Continental club. It was like a underground, like James Bond style kind of like vibe. Yeah. That was really fun. Yeah. Whenever I, um, curate these like experiences especially when it's like going out like my thought with that was okay i'm gonna bring her to this one because this is like like where you know it's gonna be the most hype <laughs> but it like backfired right because you're already so tired from like the day before from work and you're just like i i gotta i gotta get my uh nap my beauty nap oh my god justin do you remember when you went to toronto with so oh, you that's you right yeah, that was oh, the that's first. Right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was the. I don't. Yeah, like we hung out then, right? And I tried oh, to show that's you Toronto. So wild. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up. I yeah, I just remember that. I completely that forgot. That was 2000. So uh, this was 2012, IME. 2013. It's IME. Yeah. Yeah. So for for the listeners, um, I was a talent manager for two years for this group called IME Crew. And they won MTV's America's Best Dance Crew season six. So you can kind of think of them as like the Jabberwockies, but all like international dancers, all different races from all across the globe. And I was touring all over with them. And we, one of our shows was in Toronto. Like, what was the name of that venue? The Sound? Sound even, Factory? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Like we had a show and then like, and then the event producers would, uh, Oh, this was World of Dance. We were touring with World of Dance. And I remember like we they would bring us out into the Toronto nightlife. And then, then I messaged you like, hey, I'm in town. Like, would you like to come out? Like, we're going to this one like uh, lounge or like club, like would love to see you. And then it was just such an epic time. Yeah. We were babies back then. God. Oh, God, that was yeah, 2012. Yeah. That Mr. was so much fun visit. I really like Toronto. Good. I'm glad. You're like, you better. <laughs> well, I, I'd move to LA though. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I'll get I'll get you to move out here. Yeah, like, was there anything else about your LA experience that stood out to you or that you just like um, really uh, 
made you more drawn to the city? Um, I think it was just an overall like I loved I loved a place when I'm able to work and play hard <laughs> at the same time. So that's the I think, motto. Yeah. So overall, it was just really good. And again, it's it's about um, it's not so much as the places that I saw. It's more of um, being able to connect with a local like yourself and showing me around. You know, like I I just. For me, like that's the memorable, the memorable part. And it's, I'm always very appreciative of people that give their time and their effort to show me their city. Um, so that was enough for me. Even if you showed up for like 40 minutes or 30 minutes, like I would have been like, oh my God, mm-hmm. amazing, right? Because people usually don't do that. Like a lot of people are so busy that um, they people barely show up. Let's just say that. So when people do show up, sh- uh, when people do show up and meet you halfway, <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> when they, when they show up, meet you halfway, it's, um, I don't know, for me, it's, it's, it's very generous. Of, them. of course. And also, um, at that time, you know, I was, uh, I worked for a travel app. I was a community marketing manager for this, uh, travel app and travel website. So like, I know a lot of those places, not only from my personal connections, but just through work. You know, I produce community events and curate like experiences for people. So I was like, I was really excited to like curate the, you know, like parts of your day with you and like, okay, we're going to bring her here. We'll go, we'll go underground first and then we'll go above ground to a rooftop. Like I always have a lot of fun. Um, it was so good. <clears throat> excuse me, doing that. Yeah. It was just top notch VIP tour of LA. <laughs> I was, yeah. Yeah. I actually was building, um, so I have a, a side business where I actually curate, you know, uh, trips for people. Like I curate their itinerary daily. And then all of a sudden this COVID thing hit and that just like shut down everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it'll pick back up at some point when everything's more or less, you know, back to normal and people feel back in the groove. And obviously when it's appropriate. For sure. So yeah. Oh man, we got to get you back out here. You gotta find <laughs> yep. you some work. Let's get you a job out here. Actually, you can just come out here because you do you do digital marketing. So. I know, but LA is so expensive. LA is very. I expensive. think you're gonna. Don't worry. You know, you know me. You know some people. <laughs> figure it out. You know what I mean. All right. So I want to ask to someone who is like planning, like their first solo long term like travel trip. Like, what is the most important piece of advice that you would give from your experiences? Um, oh, I'm horrible with advice. Uh, <laughs> Don't think of it as advice. Just, you know, uh, what has benefited you? What has helped you that you feel that people would, uh, you know, take value from? I think for me, it's just... Um, I guess you just never know what you're capable of doing and who are who you are capable of becoming without going beyond your comfort. Um, and if you're able to do long-term travel, you already know that you have the means to do it and already have the freedom to do it, which makes you privileged that not a lot of people can or ever will, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say, like, you're never stuck in a situation. If you don't like it, you go back or you cut it short. But you got to book the damn flight anyway and see it for yourself. Yes, book the damn <laughs> flight. 
That is the key learning. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like the world will open up tenfold when you decide to, again, just show up. That's always my mantra and everything. Just show up. And from there- You need a shirt that says that. (laughs) Have some merch. Yeah. And you're just smart enough to figure out how to continue day by day. Um, And, you know, people before friends and family that wants the, the, the best of me always say- Sarah, you're fucking crazy. It's dangerous. <laughs> How are you going to survive? What are your choices? What about your job? You're too old for this. You need to start planting your roots at home. You need to get married, oh, have man. kids. Yeah, all blur. those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That whole laundry list of like, yeah. no, no, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to do me. And my, my poor mother just is like, why are you the way that you are? <laughs> Why couldn't you have been a Filipino yeah. nurse or yeah. a doctor? <laughs> it's like, why do you a do knock. this to yourself every time? But, you know, and the same people that voice their concerns are, you know, the right ones will still keep supporting you and will be there when you come back home. Right. Yes. And in the end, you just have to do it for yourself if you're able to. That was great. Thank you for sharing that. All right. So we're getting close to the uh, end of the episode. And I wanted to do the rapid fire question format with you. Okay. And the way that works is there's two rounds. Round one is outdoor focused. And then round two is personal. Okay. I'm really bad with listing names. So I'll just probably pass if I don't remember listing names i don't know i don't don't even know what these yeah you're thinking too much (laughs) don't worry you'll you'll do fine all right all right so round one you ready Uh (laughs) uh-huh you ready rock steady uh we'll see (laughs) favorite trail snack chocolate (laughs) you need you need the sugar hike in the mountains or sunbathe on the beach hike in the mountains Trail runners or hiking boots? Hiking boots. Desert or deserted island? Deserted island. Waterfalls or lakes? Waterfalls. Which country have you enjoyed the most? Myanmar. Dawn or dusk? Dusk. Window or aisle seat? Oh, I used to love window, but I've been peeing too much. So like, I like the aisle seat. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm aisle seat team all day for sure. Yeah. Santa. Oh wait, no, that doesn't apply to you. (laughs) (laughs) Let me uh, go back. Name one thing you've learned the hard way. Oh God. There's so many things. Name one. Name one thing that I learned the hard way. I don't know. You're stumped. Yeah. I don't we'll come really. Back to le- that. Yeah, maybe I don't really learn my lessons. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's, <laughs> there's the answer. <laughs> oh, God. Na- a national park you want to visit the most that you haven't already? Yosemite. Oh, we can make that happen for you. Yeah. City you want. Oh, absolutely. Just let me know when you come back to LA. You know, it's only like a few hour drive okay city you want to explore uh internationally 
uh, that I've never been. You've been been. to so many. I've I've been to Berlin, but I want to go back because I just love that city. I heard Berlin is so much fun and just it's it's a really awesome scene there, especially for music. Yep. Partying. Yep. Mm-hmm. House music. Uh favorite outdoor brand. Oh Patagonia. It could be local too. It doesn't have to be like a big yeah, outdoor Patagonia's brand. Patagonia's good. And you've been there. <laughs> That's the cool thing. <laughs> In one word, how does hiking make you feel? Elevated. Yes, you know is one it? of our. Uh, <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> that's the best answer because okay. actually, my the Just Trek thing is about um, one of our slogans is elevation is our recreation. Nice. So I like that you use that word. I like that. Nice. What's your ideal outside temperature? Oh boy, um, eighteen degrees. Eighteen. Oh wait. Oh, Our that's right. Wait, Celsius. No, that's Celsius. So that would be what in Fahrenheit? I don't know. You can Google that. I would ask Alexa, but I turned off Alexa. I think it's best because it's not too hot and not too cold. It's best to hike. So you're kind of like just glistening when you're, you know. 18 degrees Celsius. I'll look it up later. Yeah. Uh, What do you miss most about being in the outdoors? Being dirty. (laughs) Yeah. That is on record. Awesome. (laughs) All right. That concludes round one. And we'll jump into round two. I'll give you like a 15 second breather, you know, get, get back to your senses and I'll play the Jeopardy music. Oh God. Dun, 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 dun. I didn't even ask a question. Why did I even say that? (laughs) All right. You ready? Mm, we'll see. <laughs> you ready, rock steady? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Ooh, I don't know. I eat so many things that there's yeah, just name no one weird, thing. weird food. Like, mm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I go back to my roots. Like I ate a lot of balut when I was young. Like, oh, you actually ate balut when you were young? Yeah, when I was like seven, I would like drink that juice. (laughs) Oh God, yes. Can you explain to people what balut is, real quick? I don't want to. (laughs) They can just just, they just you guys can just Google. Yeah, if if they really want to know, they will Google it. Oh God, they'll figure it out. Favorite cartoon show growing up? Oh, Arthur. Favorite emoji? Oh, like that rolling, like looking up eyes, like ugh, er. Oh, you you use that a lot? Yeah. Uh oh. Favorite holiday? I hate holidays. Um, I guess we're just scratching the question. (laughs) Every day should be a fucking holiday. (laughs) I will take that as an answer. Favorite music artist right now, or? Who are you listening to the most? I'm listening to Krumbin. They're from Texas. Say that again? Krumbin. Krumbin. Krumbin, yeah. What kind of music is that? Um, let me just see. It's K-H-R-U-A-N-G-B-I-N. Kind of indie a little bit, but 
Really good. Okay. Indie rock. App you are currently using the most besides Instagram? <laughs> uh, I don't know. App that I'm currently... Does WhatsApp count? Yep. WhatsApp. Because you're so international with your connections. Video calls. Those are always fun. What's your superpower? Oh, God. Um, way too energetic. <laughs> Is that a superpower? Energy. Favorite superhero? <laughs> uh, I don't have any. Yourself? No. Come on. <laughs> if you could be any animal, what would it be? A fish, because I can't swim. I'm not very good at it. Oh, you're not? Mm. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Um, maybe when I was like five or six, so it feels like COVID is non-existent. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that works. You know, when you just don't have any like struggles or just like no adult responsibilities that six years old won't even remember this time maybe you know yeah when life was so simple yeah cuddle with a baby panda or a baby penguin panda i don't like the slime off a penguin the slime Mm -hmm. describe yourself in three words crafty Crazy and a wild card. <laughs> I thought you were going to say another one with a C and go for the alliteration. Oh, cuckoo. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's the same as crazy. All right, okay. Wait, what did you say? You said crafty, crazy, cuckoo. <laughs> All right, favorite sound? Oh, waves crashing. What is your biggest addiction? Oh, man. Korean movies right now. I would watch Korean movies and read at that shit for like two or three hours and go in like a rabbit hole. Oh, the Korean drama, like rabbit hole is serious Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah. If you could move anywhere post-quarantine, where would you live? Berlin. I love that place. Yeah, I need to get on out there. I love my house and techno music. You would love it. Well, that concludes uh, the rapid fire question segment. Wasn't too bad, right? Yeah, that was fun. All right. So I want to, we're at the end of the episode and I want to um, give the spotlight back to you again. Do you want to share any final words or thoughts about anything? It could be about the outdoors, traveling, or just kind of like maybe what we're going through, whatever you want to talk about. This is your, uh, your final moment to impart that to the listeners. Okay. Uh, give me one minute. Let me just gather my thoughts and drink this water. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely uh take, you know, take several seconds for mm-hmm. sure. Cause this is a, I know it's a big question to ask. Um, let me just think. I guess I'll go with like what traveling alone means to me. Um, Traveling alone rewards you with the experience that you deserve. It will give you the highs. It will 
beat you up, <laughs> emphasize on your weakness when you are at your isolation and at your lowest. But it will also highlight your strengths, especially when you get out of sticky situations. It offers you deep connections, then makes you realize that these are short terms and you have to keep saying goodbye to these people that you've just connected with, making you realize you go back home without these friends. And you think that solo traveling will make you feel alone, you know, let's say when you're hiking or looking at a beautiful landscape, but you have no one to share it with, or you're in a shitty situation and you have to get out of it all alone with no one to help you. But for me, solo traveling is not what the journey is. It's when, it's when you get back home is when the real loneliness hits you. You know, when you're, when you're back to face the routine, when your friends and family want to hear about your stories, but it's not the same when you retell a story. You can't share certain situations because you don't want them to worry or that they just won't get it. You feel a bit lost or unsatisfied or stale when you get back home, but you're scared to say it out loud because you just came from this amazing journey and it will sound like you're being negative or spoiled. That to me is what solo traveling gives you. You know, looking back, that to me was the challenge. Going back home was the scariest part of it all. You know, it's exploring yourself when you're at home was a real measure of my growth and my happiness. That's it. That was such a beautiful final thought. Thank you so much for sharing that with myself and the listeners. Welcome. Wow, that was, I'm still taking that in. Like that was, I just felt like I heard like a poem. <laughs> that you, like spoken word, like really. Where can everybody find you on uh, social media land? Or do you have a website? Like definitely plug that right now. I don't have anything. I just have my my Instagram. It's at i.dream.i.do. I dream I do. That's such a great handle. Thanks. I dream I do. That is definitely your ethos and your energy for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. I love having the... This, there's this international, we're going international with this. You're the first Canadian on the show, and that's super exciting to me. Yay. And thank you so much. Thanks, Justin. And that concludes the episode, everybody, and we're out. Thank you, gracias, and salamat for tuning in to the entire episode. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are now streaming on many major platforms. If you want to send me a message about anything, you can email me at justin at justtrek.net or direct message me on Instagram at just.trek or my personal at justrock, J-U-S-T-R-O-C. 
You can even support the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash justtrick slash support. Lastly, you can discover our featured song of the show on our Instagram story.